This episode was brought to you by our sponsors, Barbarian Apparel, and above and beyond, Wash and Seal. For more info on any of these sponsors, please go to the links below. Now please enjoy this episode. What's up, stalemates? Welcome back to another episode. I like to think that I know how to gamble, and I pretend like I'm a gambler, and then I met this guy. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself. We connected on Twitter, uh, found out really quick that this guy knows what he's doing, and I found out really quick that I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to gambling. So uh, with this whole Olympic wrestling, gambling, betting stuff, Barstool, Sports, DraftKings, I don't know whoever else, we thought it would be good to bring on an expert. So... Um, I want to know first, how do you pronounce your Twitter name? Uh, it's it's Sako B-U-W. So when I was in college, I was a 125 pounder, and I was told I was not tough enough to be Brock by a 184 pounder in my freshman year. So uh, he started calling me Sako. Sako was the puppet in WWE at the time. And uh, so Sako was my nickname in college and then B-U-W, Bloomsburg University of Wrestling. So it, it's sort of like a a mashup and uh that's just kind of stuck with like some of the handles that i use i took it on with twitter and i at this point i feel like most people that follow me know who i am from Sako buw but like nobody knows the the story behind the handle and everything so chad eckert out of roxbury new jersey 184 pounder of bloomsburg he, he's the one that uh gave me Sako, and it's led to uh the twitter handle so what do i call you Sako? uh uh, yeah, well, there are a handful. There are about four or five guys from college uh, that still do it. So George Carter works on Westmoreland County Sports Network. Uh, uh, he, he still does it. Chris Smith is, is, works with them. So you might hear those guys. If you watch some uh, Westmoreland County uh, wrestling, that's out in the Pittsburgh area. Both of those guys still call me Socko, but there's only about th- four or five guys that, that call me Sako. I, everybody calls me Brock. Like there's only a handful of college guys that know that to call me Sako or I kind of like Sako. So I'm like, <laughs> I, if you're not offended, I like that. But, um, Brock is cool too. That's also, I think that guy's right. I don't know how tough you are, but Brock is a tough guy name. So it's kind of funny. Well, it didn't help that Brock Lesnar had just graduated at uh, yeah. Minnesota. Actually, no, he was a senior that year. So you know, you, you've got Brock Lesnar, 275 pounds of nothing but muscle, and I'm a skinny 125 pounder, <laughs> and uh, didn't really uh, line up. That's all right. Um, all right, so we brought you on here to talk about gambling. So um, we did a little bit of gambling content last year, but it was mainly some live streams where I was, like, trying to, you know, lose my mind on camera whether or not these bets were going to play um, from – William Hill, we did it, and um, it turned out pretty good for us. So I want to keep doing it. Um, some people think there's money to be made with this Olympic, Olympics coming up. Um, I love that there is some action. So we're going to pick your brain a little bit on whether or not you think that there is money to be made because I think a lot of the other wrestling content that's talking about gambling and wrestling, they're going for more of the wrestling side, trying to pick the favorites and stuff like that. And from your interpretation, there's a different way to look at it. So we're going to get into that. But but first, why should people trust you when it comes to gambling? Uh, gambling just kind of something that has grown into uh, a majority of what I do. Um, almost self-taught that, hey, I, I was the 
you know, ploppy is, is a terminology used for like a, a casual player at like a blackjack table or something. And I was absolutely a ploppy for years. Um, learned some, some tough lessons, ended up uh, sportsbook.com, but people probably remember that from back in the day. I've got a very expensive golf bag uh, as a Christmas gift, you know, like 15, 20 years ago. So I, I went through the trials and everything. And then I started to pick up on things as far as like, you know, working the comp system. And, you know, I, I was a small losing player. And, but the, the very first thing you got to do whenever you're getting in the game, you have to document every single session, everything. So it's, you know, over a five year span, I lost about 800 bucks, but I stayed in Vegas, maybe 70 to 100 nights over that span, food and beverage and that kind of stuff. So I was getting more from the casino than I was putting into it. And then there was some, you know, life-changing stuff that I, you know, I was out in Vegas for a little bit. And whenever I was out there, I was like, I better figure out not how to break even and, and get the comps. I want to beat them and, and get, you know, the, the comps are just like a little bit of gravy on top that I need to play a winning game. And then, so lots of reading. Uh, there is so many great books out there and you know everybody kind of looks at card counting as like your gateway and that that's how you beat the casino but there, there's so many other opportunities and the the biggest influences on me is uh the, there's one gambling podcast that like sets itself apart and even if you're just your casual gambler like yourself that like you like to bet on the nfl or you like to bet on wrestling whenever it comes up different things gambling with an edge it's hosted by richard munchkin which is a, a pseudonym because he's he says he's retired but every once in a while like you hear stories of him going back and they do all kinds of plays, whole carding, card counting, this and that. But he is like, he's who I look up to is like, he's the number one guy. And then there's Bob Dancer, who is the author of Million Dollar Video Poker. And, and back in the early 2000s, there were some really big advantages and he took advantage of them. He, he knocked uh, MGM Grand. The marketing department was mathematically challenged. They didn't understand what they were giving away. And he knocked them for a million dollars in about a six month period. So those guys host gambling with an edge. There's over 500 episodes. And uh, I do some Uber and Lyft driving. And when I'm in the car, whenever somebody's in, got music on, as soon as that person gets out of the car, I've got a podcast on. I'm, I'm doing something to learn and that. So I quickly caught up on all those gambling with an edge episodes. And that kind of got me into it. And, and video poker's uh, my, my big play right now that it, you know, card counting, you, you, get shown the door pretty quickly at some places. Uh, security will be down to see you if uh, you're moving your bet and that kind of stuff. So uh, it, it's not worth it to me right now with the, the bankroll I'm working with, and, but uh, video poker is. And I'm not a sports better. I, I don't play sports because, I'm, and especially with all the people that you hear through coming through gambling with an edge, if you don't have a programmer and if you don't have access to all kinds of data, you're not going to beat the lines. Like in, in your niche sports, they're going to put out bad lines and you can beat them. And that's why I'm here. And, and that's why, because I, I am active. I do have some action on the Olympic Games here. And it's it's the first time that, you know, your, your legalization across the United States that, you know, you can open up the, the bar stools and the draft kings and that kind of stuff. Um, you I will take advantage because I know 
I'd say there's a 5% chance that I know as much as the person setting the lines. There's a 5% chance that I know more than the person setting the lines. And there's a 90% chance I know a lot more than the person who's setting the lines, which they seem to be going off of seeds and just basically past worlds without knowing any of the intricate details of why that person was in the finals. You know, there, there might be a world silver medalist that catches a good side and that, that different things. And then they're looking for those mistakes. But uh, my, my real expertise is off that gambling with an edge stuff. You're looking for the casino to make mistakes. So the, either the marketing department makes a mistake or whenever they're hanging a line, they make a mistake. And just if you're a, a average Joe gambler, go back, start listening. If you have some extra time in the car, listen to gambling with an edge. You'll start thinking about uh, gambling in a whole different perspective and you're you're just looking for angles and there there's always an angle somewhere you, you just have to get shown the light or the the way to see it and you start thinking differently risk of ruin is another one that they're, they're relatively new and they've just had some episodes on there that have some gambling legends uh and they come in and they they tell their stories and one it's it's some good storytelling there there's people that have had led some very interesting lives and then also just different ways to go about beating the casino. And you know, I, I look at the casino as the evil empire and I appreciate anytime anybody can take money away from them. And, you know, that's how I look at this, that I want to try to help educate, you know, you're not going to get any picks for me that I think I know anything more about the wrestling. The wrestling community is very knowledgeable about these type of lines and, it's not about picking the winner. It's about getting paid properly when your winner wins. And uh, so just looking for those angles, looking for those mistakes and educating yourself. There's all kinds of reading material out there. If you're out in Vegas, go downtown. Uh, the Gambler's General Store, they have unbelievably, unbe unbelievably good reading material there. And then also go back to Richard Munchkin. He has uh, the world's greatest gamblers and it's with like, five different people from different walks of life, horse betting, uh, you know, card counters, poker players. And, you know, there's, there's a, a tie between everybody that you're always thinking, you know, like an advantage player that you're looking for. How did the casino make a mistake? Are they offering a payoff here that doesn't line up with the odds of the game? And how do I take advantage of it? So you talked a little bit about, not really betting on sports gambling and is sports gambling within the gambling community looked at as kind of like recreational like are most professional gamblers not doing sports betting and that's just kind of like a hobby because there's so many variables and like who's gonna win and and there's upsets and there's so much going on rather where a poker game might be more mathematic yeah so i mean definitely two different sides of it that you have you know, your, your games that your blackjack and you know, craps is going to be something that I reference. You can't beat craps. You're, you're not going to do it. You might be able to get some nice comps for a very minimal loss that you're going to get more than you get back or lose to the game. But that's a straight mathematics where you 
you don't exactly have straight mathematics with your sports betting there, you know, there's human influence on it. You know, you have bad days and this and that. So it's not straightforward, but most of the people that I, I shouldn't say most of the people, everybody who is making a living off of sports gambling, uh, Bill Krakenberger is a great one to follow, follow him on Twitter. Uh, and then, uh, these in the, Vegas Sports Information Network. It was started by Brent Musburger, and they they run shows out of Circa, and they also have one at uh, South Point. Uh, a lot of wrestling fans from South Point. They've got some great video poker there. Love that spot. <laughs> but uh, they they also their their sports book is famous there. You have a computer programmer. You have mined lots of data that like. You, you can go on to different leagues and stuff and they have the data available for you. And these computer programmers are putting it in and they're looking at, you know, yards per play and this and that, like it, it's, it's so complex. If you think that your, your gut feeling and looking at a line that's posted is beating the NFL, you're out of your mind. Uh, so it, there are professionals in, in sports betting and e- even one, uh, Gene, James Holtower, he's going to come up later uh, with arbitrage and screen scraping. But, you know, he, he was the big guy on Jeopardy. You familiar with Holtower? No. So he went on that run in Jeopardy that he was putting up like record day after record day. He did not win as many in a row as Ken Jennings, but he won more money. And because he he used a gambling strategy of how much to bet, like when the daily double popped up and, and then final jeopardy, you know, he, he was really light years ahead of his competitors of how to wager his points. And then he had to have the knowledge behind it. But Holtzhauer, like, you know, he's like, I'm a professional gambler from Las Vegas and he's well known the community as a screen scraper. So that's whenever you have a difference in price at two different books and you, you put some action here and you put some action there, you can't lose. And uh, the casinos really hate those people. And so he's he's been shut off from a bunch of places. But, uh, you know, he also, I think, has some good gambling knowledge or, or good data. And like he has a team that's doing the computer work behind it to know what a line should be. And then whenever it gets hung, they do that. But he's also an infamous screen scraper. Okay. So the cool thing about recent times now is there's now legitimate sports books because of the laws change and whatnot. I know here in Iowa, it's legal. Um, I know there's other States where it's not, but in the past it was always like, yeah, you can game on wrestling, but you got to like do this cashier's check to China and you got to go to Walmart and they give you this thing and you may or may not get paid out. And there's all these kind of weird things going on, the offshore books. Um, talk a little bit about that. Is it, do you like where, obviously it's better now, but is there, was there more opportunities back when it was offshore? Yeah. So, and that's, I'm taking a lot of the knowledge that I'm, I'm picking up of gaming with an edge and, and doing the reading with, uh, you know, what was available back in the day. And my personal experience, whether sports book, like 2005, like wh- when was black Friday for the poker community? Is that like 2008 ish? Look up black Friday with the poker community. And that's whenever like, party poker and all that stuff got shut off to the United States. And Mm. that's when it got difficult to get your money out of offshore books and that kind of stuff. And the the U S justice department really cracked down. But I, the last time I played on an offshore book was 2015 world championships. They hung some really terrible lines and 
I, I felt really good about my positions. I ended up winning a decent chunk of money and it took me three months to get my money out of sports book that there were all kinds of rumors that they were going bankrupt and they were going to be out. Like it, it was a nightmare. And I was like, I will never do this again. I'm, I'm not tying up money in that. And, uh, you know, the, the biggest play I, I know, you know, Iowa state now being at home and you being an Iowa guy, they had Brent Metcalf as the favorite at 65 kilos. Mm. You could get, you could get the field at plus money. They were giving you a plus money bet on the field and think about who, who that field had in Soslin Romanov, Frank Chimizo, uh, uh, Mohammedian from, uh, or, or Mohammedi from Iran. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, because Metcalf had success at Eureka in that year and they had the UWW ranking stuff that it, it, it wasn't what it is now. It wasn't just points from different things and, and they had Metcalf up there. So they posted Metcalf as the favorite. And it's like, you get all those guys against him at plus money. It was, it was an insane line. And, but so those opportunities were there. They took a little more action. They, they were a little more tolerable, but then your question is, am I going to get paid? And then, then the trend was cryptocurrency comes up. Um, you know, so bet DSI had it and you had to cash in and out of crypto. And, and then there's this one guy, he ends up on gambling with an edge. He wins a million dollars and, and he was just taking advantage of promos for blackjack. Like they were giving him an extra like $50 a day. And he, he had, seven or eight different accounts that he was using and this and that he's like yeah i made a million dollars and then you listen to his story well no he made about a hundred thousand dollars off the blackjack which is great i mean that's a phenomenal mm -hmm. score out of it but his crypto appreciated so he he was in uh bitcoin whenever it was like taking off and flying so be thankful that you have legitimate sports books that you know you're going to get paid you know your action is going to be clean everything that's great, but you're you're giving up some in the vig that the, the legitimate books pay so much in taxes and other stuff. They don't want to hang a decent line because if if their margin is this and then they're paying taxes, where, where's their money to be made? So you're going to get worse lines now that it's legitimate, but you can feel good about you're going to get paid. Talk about what vig means for the average gambler. So vigorish is a term, just basically the house edge on it. Uh, you, you see it a lot. Your craps players might be familiar with this, that uh, you can get true odds in craps by buying the four and 10. So you pay a little bit of money. If I make a $20 bet, I've got to give them $1. That $1 is the vigorish. Uh, so it, it's basically a house edge that's built in and it can – uh, in crap, sometimes it's only all wins and it's that, but your sports bettors think about it. Uh, your house edge, you bet a spread and you've got the Colts minus three and the Titans are plus three, but both teams are minus one Oh five or both teams are minus one ten. So that means you have to bet $105 to win 100 and you still got to beat the spread. And that, that one Oh five compared to the hundred that they're going to pay you is the vigorous that goes to the house. That's the house advantage. So they want to balance the scale. They want an equal amount of money on both sides, and they're just going to take that $5 off of each winning bet. They aren't going to pay out an, an even amount there.
Okay, so this is kind of where you think there's going to be money to be made by mistakes and lines like that, correct? Sure, and all the money to be made, that there, there was some legitimate money to be made. Those opportunities are gone. The, whenever they first hang a line, and it's the same thing, you, you see a, a Super Bowl line and it moves a lot. Really what you're trying to do when you're a good sports better is you want to beat the closing line. So uh, well, Gable Stevenson is going to be the poster child for this. He's hung at plus 700 quickly down to plus 300 and currently i think he's at plus 200 so if you got him at plus 700 bravo for you 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 beat that closing even if he doesn't win like in the long run that's what you want to be doing were they capping that at all do you know yeah yeah sure uh well you you got my my screenshot of my mihan lopez bet uh i put that in as as a risk-free bet which we'll, we'll get to that later on of what that means. But I tried to get a thousand down to win or for a payout or actually to win. Did I get him at plus 300 or two? I actually got to look at my screenshot to uh, figure out what I got him at. So I got Nihon at plus 200. Mm. And uh, so they took 531.09. I tried to get a thousand down. And it said pending review, and it took about five minutes later. And then next thing you knew, it was in my active bet slip. And who knows why why they choose the number they do? But my wager is five thirty one oh nine to win one thousand sixty two eighteen for a total potential payout of fifteen ninety three twenty seven. So, if you got Gable, there's going to be all kinds of things that you can do later on. But some people are like look. I've got a lot of conviction. Gable's going to win. I'm going to stick to it. And and what I'm here to do is I'm not here to tell you, uh, you know, sway your conviction on your pick one way or the other. It's to try to find the picks that you like that you're going to get paid properly. So now that Gable's down to plus 200, that's not nearly as attractive as plus 700 where he posted. And then I actually took him at plus 300 uh, with an idea that – I may hedge and do some uh, ar- ar- an arbitrage play uh, if the other guys move. Okay. So, so you and I had talked a little bit behind the scenes, and we were talking about some of the plays that there was. And you were, ta- we were I think we were talking something along the lines of, like, the Americans are going to bet so heavy on all of our American people, and this is an American sports book, that there's going to be some opportunities to bet on or to get better value at some of the favorites, like it's a Sajulayev or whoever, because we're betting so heavy on the American guys. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so right away, I got money in on Dake. Uh, he was plus 180 whenever it first posted. Uh, Sadakov, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, uh, the, the Russian uh, pronunciation. That now I'm drawing a blank. Belaglatsov. He says Sadakov. I'm going to say Sadakov. I said Sidakov forever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow uh, Belaglatsov there. I'll say Sadakov. So I knew Sadakov was going to move up. I didn't know how much and where it was going to be, but I knew that Kyle Dake's price at plus 180 wasn't going to do anything but go down. So right away, because the Americans are going to they're going to hammer him. So then the line goes down. So then you get less of a value when you bet. So so you get Kyle, the American at the beginning, and then you're going to bet on the foreigners later. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and that that play has come the whole way through. And I I've done the whole play. Kyle Dake is now down to minus 182 as we're recording here on Monday afternoon, uh, early evening. Minus 182 for Kyle Dake. I got him at plus 180. Sadakov's at plus 250. I actually took him at plus 200 a couple days ago. Chimizo, I went three of them. I took all three guys to win. And if any of the three win, I can't do anything but win money. So I feel pretty good that it's going to be one of those three. Are there a few guys that potential spoilers? Sure. And it is with, with Dake being drawn in. The good thing is I know they're not all going to be on the same side. So there's not going to be somebody can squeak through and then they get an injured Kyle Dake or an injured Sadakov in the final. Uh, you know, you got Chimizo and Sadakov separated. Dake's going to draw in there. And uh, my action that I took, I got Dake right away. So if you didn't get Dake at 180, this play couldn't happen. You, you, you missed your opportunity. You've got to strike right away whenever you see those lines. And that's sort of what I want the gambling, the wrestling gambling community out there to learn about this is think about your plays as an advantage player. You kind of know which way the line's going to move. You see that Gable Stevenson line, you know it's going to plummet. You see that Kyle Dake on, you know it's going to plummet. And uh, so I got Dake early, and then I put later on, I got Sadakov at plus 200. I got Shimizu at plus 700, which he's down to 550. He's plus 550. Sadakov's at plus 250. And uh, I feel solid that one of those three guys is going to win, and I'm going to make money no matter which one of the three it is. Okay. You talk a little bit about looking at the lines like it's a four-match parlay. Can you explain to the people what that means? Yeah, so th this one really is kind of addressing the lines that uh, Sadalayev, he opened at minus 225. I think he's down to minus 286. And so people are like, yeah, you know, percentage of him winning. But really think about this bet as a for somebody to win an Olympic gold medal, you've got to wrestle four matches. And if you set a line for every single one of those matches, you know, if, if Sajalayev is minus 225, that would be like a four match run. And I think enough people have bet on MMA. You, if you laid oh, yeah. any action on MMA fights uh, every Saturday. Yeah. All right. So, you know, about when a guy is a really big favorite, what 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 are the what's the line you're getting on them? Minus three hundred. Okay, so so the favorite is minus three hundred. Right. That's a really big favorite right. in MMA. Now wrestling, you don't have as many upsets quite as MMA. So it let, let's say minus five hundred, minus seven hundred. You're really big favorite, minus a thousand. So here would be Sajalayev's price to get to minus two twenty five. And I did the math back whenever it was that, and it's. It's gotten worse since then. That's like saying he's a minus 1,500 favorite. He's a minus 1,500 favorite in the quarters. He's a minus 1,500 favorite in the semis. And he's a minus 500 favorite in the finals. Think about the path that he could draw in it. He could wrestle Odakadze in the round of 16. Is he a minus 1,500 favorite against Odakadze? Maybe. He could hit Mohamedian in the quarter. Is he a minus 1,500 favorite there? Right. I get what you're saying. I don't think so. No way. And and then 
you know, then a semifinal, and then he could hit Kyle Snyder. Just a head-to-head. Can you say that Sadalayev is a minus 500 favorite over Kyle Snyder? Right. No. No way. So you're t- getting 286, and I, I got into this um, 2019 Worlds. The 65-kilo draw was crazy that everybody ends up on the bottom side. And then there was some betting lines somewhere, and it was an offshore book. I wasn't interested. But uh, you know, on Twitter, I went back and forth with some people, some like wrestling names, you know, guys that are competitors, guys that are good, not, not going to call them out. But they didn't understand the mathematics behind it that, you know, the, the run that Rashidov, you know, he beats Haji Aliyev, he beat Tobier, you know, he hits everybody on, on to, to win this. And even though he won, it wasn't about picking him as the winner. It's about getting paid properly. So whenever you look at, uh, if you're a minus 150 favorite in every single match, that pays plus 670. Mm. How many of these favorites in these lines do you see at plus, even plus money is hard to get now. A lot of your favorites are either even money at plus 100 or they're minus money. That's insane. You're not getting a good price on those favorites because is he a minus 150 favorite in all four matches? That's plus or plus 670. And here, here's another scenario that I drew up. This gets you to plus 332. And let's pick somebody. Um, so even Gable is not at plus 300 anymore. Minus 1,000 in the opening round in the championship round of 16. Minus 300 in the uh, quarterfinals, minus 150 in the semifinals, and minus 130 in the finals. So if Gable's path, well, Gable's path obviously is going to have to go, unless Agul or Petrushvili gets upset, he's going to have to go through both of them. Would you consider Gable a minus 150 and a minus 130 favorite over those two? Right. No. Those are the questions you have to ask yourself. Am I getting paid properly? And we're, in the show the notes, risk, we're going to have the risk versus the reward. You're saying is not going to be worth it in the end. Absolutely, you got to get paid. And now they made some mistakes. And they they created some opportunities, and and very. Whenever you're getting into gambling, the very first thing that you need to understand is expected value. So your expected value is your chance of it happening multiplied by your payout minus the chance of it not happening multiplied by your wager. So the easiest way to think about this is in craps. Uh, There's six ways to roll a seven on the dice. Mm. And there are five ways to roll a six. So whenever you walk by a craps table, you know, you see the little puck on the craps table when it's turned on and it's on the six. So the shooter has to roll a six before he rolls a seven. Well, in order to get that, there are five ways to roll the six. There are six ways to roll the seven. So whenever you get paid on your odds, you get paid six to five. So your chance of losing is six, your chance of winning is five, and they're paying you six to five. They're paying you 120% of your money there. So that is an even. There's no big on that. So now you got to start thinking about in expected value. What's the chance of this happening? Multiply it by your payout minus the chance of it happening minus your or multiply by your bet. And then 
If it's plus, you have a good bet. If it's minus, then you're giving edge away to the house. Okay, so we talked a little bit about you know the risk versus reward and everything you just explained. Um, where the real value would come in is betting against the field, right? You can't, or betting for the field, right? And you yeah. can't do that here. Um, is that just because? Why do you think they did that? They're gonna lose too much money. They're they're being dressmakers. So like uh, Anthony Curtis, Anthony Curtis is the guy that's always on a uh, gambling with an edge. He runs the Huntington press out of uh, Las Vegas. They, they print all these coupon books. Anthony curse actually wrestled in college. He wrestled at Duke. I believe he was in the UCLA program. Uh, I, I know Duke for sure. So, and then he, he dropped out of college. He, he started, he was a card counter for a while. And then he prints a lot of almost all the gambling literature that you're going to see runs through Anthony Curtis and the Huntington press. So he, his famous line is, you know, are they a dressmaker or are they a bookmaker? Are they willing to take some action? Are they willing to do it? And here the answer is no, those offshore books, you, it might, you might not have gotten your money, but they weren't afraid of action. Mm. They would take it. They would take the lay bet. So, you know, they hang a line on Metcalf as the favorite. They would let you take the field against him at plus money. That's what's, you know, all the sports books that I've seen posted, they will not let you take the field. So you only have an option to pick the gold medals to win. And whenever you do all the math on it, there's about, let's say there's seven people that are legitimately could win. When you split it up with those seven, they're taking about a 40% big. That's untouchable. You, you can't win against that type of big. And they know they need to do that because they aren't going to set perfect lines. Now, what I would love to see them do, you set the line, you let the field go against it, and your money, you're going to get it balanced. Then you're going to give the people a chance to get some real action. So especially on the metal lines, you know, you, I, I went back and forth with Willie on Twitter trying to explain this uh, last evening. He's like, there's not value there. But the reason there's not value is because they, they gave such an edge to the house that there's no bet to be made because it's such such big going to the house. You you don't line up with, you know, let's say there are four people in a field and they all have an equal chance of winning. Everybody has to be uh, in that field plus 300. So if one of them wins, then you get plus four, you get 400 payout. And if you bet all of them, you would bet 400. So plus 200, that's no VIG at all. So you need that entire amount of plus 800 for all four in the field. And you get nowhere close to that whenever you start taking the people that legitimately have a chance to win. And if you had the lay bets here, I would have been piling money into my barstool account and I would have been taking a lot of action, but it's not there. Stefan Micic is the number one example here. He opened at plus 200 and he actually dropped. That meant money was going on Stefan Micic to win the Olympics. What international tournaments has Stefan Micic won? <laughs> Shots fired. No, no, it's just math. It's, you know, it's just facts. Yeah. 
But do you think I'm that's not, the American people? But, but that's a name that they know, and it's it's he's a number one seed, right? So people are number gonna, one seed. Yeah. That's the point. Number one seed. People go on and they see he's got the most ranking series points. He's the number one seed. Number one seed means you're supposed to win, right? Right. Supposed to. So if you could have given me the opposite side of it, even a plus two hundred or. Stefan Meach is plus 200. So now you're going to, let's say they take a decent VIG. They offer the field at minus 300. You're taking it. I'm hammering it. I'm yeah. hammering that because, and there, there are several opportunities throughout that. Uh, you are know, there offshore books that allow that or no? I have not even looked at an offshore book for lines just because I, I said, I don't want to do it five dimes. If I was to give it, that's the number or that's the name of the book that I keep hearing come up that is pretty reputable. There are a couple of websites out there that you can get on and it, it's basically like crowdsourcing. Like the offshore book is only as good as its online reputation. Yeah. And if, if they're not paying out and they're, they're taking forever, but with legalized gambling in the U S I'm not taking my chances with offshore. I, I wouldn't recommend it. If, if you want to, there could be some value out there if they're, if they're taking it. I just won't do it, that it, it's not worth it to me, that you get stiff one time. And, you know, that guy said about, you know, ran the million dollars off the crypto and that kind of stuff. You know, he got stiffed on a couple of his accounts, but he had the volume there to do it, you know. Yeah. He had such an edge baked in that he's got a 50% edge. If he loses, um, you know, one of his accounts, no big deal to him that like, that's kind of built in that he has such a big edge and, and you won't have that big of an edge at this point in time. So I don't think it's worth it. Get to one of your States, you know, you go in, you sign up for your mobile app, you get across, you, you get your location pinging off a tower in the state and you do it. Let's, I, I, let's talk about some of the um, some of the plays that there are. So um, I know you said there's not a whole lot of value here and you don't know for sure what you're doing. And and just so that people know, this isn't exactly like a, a pick them. We're not just picking people that we think are going to win. It, it's kind of more complicated than that. But what is some of the value that's some that's going to be made? Are you willing to give it out to the people? And I'm assuming after if people end up taking it, the line's going to move a little bit. Um, so if you if also if you hear you know, we said a guy is, uh, you know, minus 200. By the time you go bet it, or if you bet a certain different book, it could be a little bit different. So for, keep that in mind. For sure. And and I, I have all my action. Uh, you, you got the screenshots of it. So right now I've got $200 on Dake to win 560. I've got $200 on Sadakov to win 600. And I've got $60 on Chimizo to win 480. So within those three... I've got 460 tied up. So I should be rooting on my betting side. I'm rooting for Sadaka because he pays me 600. So that's $140 profit. Dake would pay me 560. So that's going to be $100 profit. Chimizo, I only win 20 bucks if he wins. I don't think Chimizo is going to win. That's I just did it to hedge that, you know, if, if you got Dake early on and you want to get off that bet and hedge a little bit. Sadakov at 250 has got to be enticing to people that have Dake at 180. Uh, I've got Gable Stevenson plus 300. I got $100 on him to win. So that payout will be 400. 
And now here's the interesting one that I've, when I, I'm not a sports better. I did not have a, uh, Barstool account yet. So my first bet, I got a thousand dollar risk-free bet, which risk fees, be careful with the language and be careful with the fine print. Risk-free means that if that bet loses, I get to make another bet of the amount that I lost. And here's my plan there. If Mian Lopez does not win, I don't think the Turks can get enough cash through customs in order to sway him off that fourth gold medal. I think the fourth gold medal is more than they can get through customs to him. Let's hope. Our international people, hopefully they understood. We're big in Switzerland, by the way, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But so that bet is 531.09 to win 1062. So the payout will be 1593. But if I lose that $531 bet, I get 531 put back in my account and I can make it. I wanted to place it on Yui Sasaki that Lopez wrestles the first day of the Olympics, uh, the wrestling. So he goes off on Saturday, July 31st here in the States. And then Sasaki's later. She was a really good number at plus 250. That's come down to, I believe she was 125 or 150 last I checked. So that's not, and but that's still my plan. I, I like her as the favorite 50 kilos. But with, with the free bet, you have to make a second bet. So pick two numbers, and I think they said minus 225 or minus 200. It's in the fine print is the biggest favorite that you can choose with your free bet money. So you can't pick like a minus 500 favorite and get paid out. Like you're, you're only going to get half of your money back, one. So it's not really worth it that way. But I'll probably pick another plus money favorite, somebody like Yui Sasaka or uh, Makeda at uh, 53 kilos. She's been hovering around the uh, plus 150. I kind of like her with at that number as my backup if Mihan does not win. Okay. And then, uh, with that's the only action I have right now. And now I'm looking for all kinds of other opportunities. So 87 kilograms in Greco is really, really fascinating to me. Victor Lawrence is the favorite. Victor Lawrence has won Euros one time, has never won the World Championships. Here's his finishes at the World Championships since 2014. He was third, fifth, fifth at the Olympics, eighth and 17, 14th and 18th, and he was second. He was runner-up to Bellingneck. in 2019 at euros he's gone 15th he didn't compete in 15 he was seventh he won the euros in 17 that's his only major championship in this in his career there he was 10th he was third at the euro games in 2019 he was second in Novikov, uh and then uh in 21 he was 17th he lost and a couple of the guys in that field have some big numbers and i just can't figure out a way of that i want to hedge it take a look at that lineup and there are legitimately six seven eight guys that could win this bracket and a lot of them you're getting paid a good payout uh belly 
out of Ukraine. He's your 2015 world champion, a, a silver medalist in Rio. Um, he won your 2019 worlds, but he was just defeating the, the most recent uh, European championships here in 2021, but he's your most consistent performer in the field. And then I got to bring my sheet up to, to look at everybody here and their numbers. So Kudla of Germany, he's plus 700. Asakalov, uh, that's Uzbekistan, plus 900. Datunashvili, he's out of Serbia. He won the Euros this year. He beat Masakevich out of Belarus. They are plus 1,200 and they are plus 1,400. They defeated Lawrence and Belianuk to make the championships at the Euros. And they're so basically they're even, but you look at Datunashvili, Masakevich, they're plus 1,200, plus 1,400. Lawrence is minus 118. Belianuk is even money at plus 100. That's where, do you like, I like Belianuk. If, if I had to say who was going to win this, I would say Belianuk out of Ukraine. There's no conviction there, and especially at an even money bet, that's terrible. And then you have Abasov at plus 2,500. Take a look at that weight class. You can mix and match and pick a couple guys, and uh, you, you bet a couple long shots. You bet three or four, you, you put 100 on each, and you're getting payouts like 1,200, 1,400, 2,500. You, you can make some money there, but I, I don't know. Look at the weight class, check it out, see who you like. Um, a lot of people are wanting to know who's laying these lines. Is it you? I got a theory. It's you. Is it you or no? <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I'll tell you what, I've, I've done some social media stuff, talk, you know, kind of trying to talk my way like hey find me on uh twitter and enter my dms and uh look i know the gambling industry i know that kind of stuff i know the wrestling better than you do and why don't you why don't you get me on there but the, there there's how much of this is is math over the sport so the math that they're uh, putting into play here is saving them from taking a big loss, which I would argue that if you are quick enough to move the line, if you adjust the line to the money that's coming in, that won't happen to you anyway. But like, I knew that Kyle Dake line was not going to sit around and watching Kyle Dake go to a minus money. They haven't been able to move the win lines on the other guys up high enough in order to entice money to come in on Sadakov for money to come in on Chimizo. They're still at such a high number. The book probably has a pretty big liability on Kyle Dake. They probably have a pretty big liability on Gable Stevenson. So they're trying to uh, use the math and like such a big build in that they're not hanging very good lines that I think they're pushing so much action away because there's not a fair line hung where if you could lay the bet, you take the field against them, then you can do that balancing. Like I gave that uh, example of the Colts and the Titans earlier that you want even money on both sides of it. Well, you can't balance that money out uh, with, with just the win bets. Give me the field. I love the field against Victor Lawrence. 
but I've got to pick Belinuk, Kudla, Asakalov, Dagnishvili. I've got to pick all those guys. So I've got to lay so much money out in order to get the field against him. I won't do it. And if you looked at all the Greco favorites whenever they hung the lines, they were all minus money. Mm. That's that's insane. If you could lay, think about how many Greco favorites win. Greco, I I feel is the the favorite wins the least amount of the time out of your three styles. And so even to say in, in one match, uh, is Victor Lawrence, is he a minus 118 favorite against Masakevich who just beat him? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was Masakevich that beat him. And then, uh, Danishvili beat, uh, Belianuk. Is he a minus 118 against a guy that just beat him at Euros? Right. And and that's that's crazy that they have that line. So if you had the other side of it to bet, those lines would move. And and that could be uh yeah, Masakevich is not in your top four seats. That could be round one. Championship round of 16, your minus 118 favorite could be viewed as the underdog in the first match of his tournament. So it's crazy. They don't have it. So they don't have that balancing out. And while the math, they built such a vig into it. I still think that because they don't have both sides of the bet, you can't balance it out. You can't offer and all their money's tied up in the long shot favorites. There's about five or six wrestlers in each field under no circumstance. Are they ever winning the Olympic games? So, but they're offering it on all of them. So they're at the top end of it, they're plus 8,000, plus 10,000. Do you think anybody's taking, uh, you know, a, a plus 10,000 line? Uh, let, let's look at. I know some guys that would put a dollar on that. <laughs> um, so, you, so your guy from uh, Guinea Bissau, Augusta Madonna. He, yeah. So, p- American fans will know him that he has wrestled Jordan Burroughs. Jordan Burroughs hurt his knee against him in the world championships that he lost to uh, Sargush. So Madonna is plus 10,000. Okay. You get a few people throw a dollar right. on there. That's the ones you're like, Hey, I put a dollar on him. Why not? Yeah. You're never going to get that dollar, but you've got a liability on Kyle Dake that, Obviously, at 180, people were throwing a decent amount of money on him that, you know, he's progressed down that he was down to 170 and then he was down to 150. Now he's minus 182. So they don't want any more money going on Kyle Dake. Mm. When when you have a favorite in a 16-man field that legitimately has about five guys that could win and you have the favorite at minus 182, think about this. Sadakov is a two-time reigning world champion at the weight. And he's moved from 150 to 175 to 200 to plus 250. They're trying to entice people to bet Sadakov because they have such a liability. So where I, their mindset was, we have such a big build in and the mathematics, we're going to keep ourselves from getting hurt in this sport. They've actually done themselves, uh, you know, put a bigger liability that you have to bet them to win. You can't take the field against the favorite uh, where 
my my best case scenario would be think about this i got kyle dake at plus 180 now he's minus 180 so i could get the field on the opposite side of that bet like say plus 150 i would have a free bet that no matter what happens whether he wins or loses i've got plus money on both sides of it i take the small win Mm. and go about the business so a lot of mathematics built into that but i think the books don't understand wrestling enough to know that you've got to whittle that field down to the four or five people that truly could win and not have a line on all 16. And I, I think they're going to be some, uh, as we're continuing on this theme of like where there is money to be made. I think when the brackets come out, there's going to be some to meddle money. And I, I've got one that I'm not going to give away that I think that that line could really move. No, wait, and, wait, wait, wait. You got to get that on the Patreon. No, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> no, no that, that, that's what I put in, in the notes. I said, we'll, we'll send this pick out. When I take action on it, yep. send it out on your Twitter. Send it out on your Patreon, whatever. I'm not telling you to have conviction about this pick, but – that's the thing with gambling, because I know people that give out picks, and I've had people reach out to me about uh, picks. And I'm like, listen, I will tell you this pick, but do not come to me. And this it, is, I call it swim at your own risk. Uh, th- this is a, a problem, and but I, I see it every day. So what, what do you think cas- about these people that give out picks on Twitter and that they're paying for picks and stuff like that? Vegas Dave. You know Vegas Dave? Yeah, I know Vegas Dave. Vegas Dave is the number one offender. He's probably the most popular. I mean, he's got like 3 million Instagram followers or something like that. And it's just like, but what I see happen at the blackjack table or what I see happen at the video poker, like people are just there to take a swing. Mm. Like they have no idea about any of the mathematics behind anything that they just want some action. And this is their leisure. And some people, their leisure turns into a problem. And I often come across those people that have the problem. And it's just like, you can't say anything to help them. And I I think the, the, the touts, uh, somebody did a, a real good article about the one tout service and they lined up like 40 different touts uh, that you could buy through this service and you were minus all kinds of money on everybody except for one one person was beating their fees right. that they charged in order to get the picks and then but 90 percent of them were losing straight up their picks weren't even winning without the fees. So I'll tell you, if you really want to know, go to the go to the replies of those picks. Uh, and but you can't do it the day of. You got to go the next day and then go back and be like, oh, because because that's another thing. People will go and delete the bad picks. For know? sure, and like what Barstool is doing now, like with Megan making money, or is that what? Yeah, yeah, that Twitter, right. Megan yep. making money. Uh, the, the stuff it's like they're terrible, by the way. The, but bar, yeah. I mean, Barstool is good. I love, I'm a huge Barstool fan. I like what they do. But what happens is someone goes viral for, you know, drinking beer at a freaking, uh, you know, Bucks game or something, right? And then next thing you know, that's their, that's their, that's their Milwaukee Bucks correspondent. Next thing you know, they're telling that guy to make picks. What's well, like, what does that guy know about gambling? What does that guy know about the Bucks? You know, you're yeah. looking at, you're looking at the, gambling world as an art form and then you got anybody in the yeah. world going out and giving out their picks so i i hate to say that like hey i i've got one of it. i've got pretty strong conviction on it 
I'm going to take it. I'm kind of waiting to see how the bracket draws for the two metal. Um, the to win money right now is getting close to like, I think I've got to jump on it, but there are going to be several uh, bets. 86 kilograms. If Dave, David Taylor draws into the top side, okay, so you, you look at your seated wrestlers at 86 kilograms. Yes, Danny is number one. Uh, Punia is two. Amin, three. Nafana, four. So if you get David Taylor drawing into the top and you have Yazdani, Nafanov, and Taylor all in the top half, start looking at the people to medal out of the bottom. You, you either need to, the guy to make the finals, like Deepak Puni is your two seed, Miles Amin is your three. Do you like either of those two to make the finals? So you, you can start picking them. Uh, to medal you could also pick somebody outside to win and you're going to get really long odds on them and then depending on what happens on the top side you could get off of that bet i think that they will have lines for the finals i don't think they'll have any semis or anything like that but i think for the finals they will have a line set say say david taylor draws into the top and he's going to wrestle miles and mean in the finals I think they'll set a line for that. So that's a place that if you get somebody with really long odds, then you could bet the other side of it and guarantee yourself a win. Yeah. Uh, Do you know when the brackets will come out? Is it like the day before the wrestling starts? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they will draw that. Yep. Okay. Huh. Okay. I say we, I say we make a little thing here. We're like, you, you, you give us a bunch of picks. We'll put it behind the Patreon. We'll split the money. <laughs> I don't want any money because I hate touts. I think it's the worst thing ever. I think Twitter's the way to go with this. And uh, you you go with uh, some of the 50 kilograms on the women's side. If Yui Sasaki, unseated, if she draws into the top, start looking at that bottom half of the draw. Uh, you know, it's going to be – there's going to be a lot of really good wrestlers drawing into the bracket. 97 kilograms could turn into – uh, show that there's a lot of power. So you have uh, Satellite one, Snyder two. So look, look at you who you have drawing into the bracket at 97 kilograms. You have Mohammedan who ha has beat Kyle Snyder. Um, you know, and there's also the buyer beware. Yeah, let's let, let's talk about this for a little bit. So before we get out of here, say I go and I place money on a guy, right? And then month later he gets busted for doping which it's happened before right what happens you got to return uh, the money years later years later they're popping people yeah no it's it's the same thing as mma when that that bet is graded that night so when the result comes official they grade the bet usually it's, some books it's, grade that night i know william hill they took a little bit to pay a boy i had to email them like hey grade this tonight <laughs> And then the, the Super Bowl, they also take a little while to grade, but go ahead. Okay. But the window is very small. Very small, yeah. So your your grading window might be 15 minutes. Your grading window, you said, a day. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to get They're, popped in that time. Exactly. So uh, Mohammedan comes in, juice to the gills. He knocks off Satellite. He knocks off Snyder. Um they the bet's going to pay out on them and if you had somebody else on the other side of it you're sol tough luck it's, it's buyer beware that 
you know, same thing happens on your MMA fights that, you know, you, you bet on somebody, your bet's graded, it's paid out, it's done by the time doping control steps in. Now, I think, I think, I think we should, it. um, we should put a petition in for Dr. Stoppage. Well, here's the thing that I'm terrified of in Tokyo two day competition. Your guy makes the finals. COVID right. test comes back positive on day two. They're testing every day. Mm-hmm. I'm scared to death of my guy coming down with COVID. Barstool does not have in their fine print how they're going to address that. Now, they've been one. I love Dave Portnoy on Twitter. I I love that he he's he's truly a gambler. He, yeah. He's a gambler's gambler. Yeah. He is willing to take action, but the sports book that he they're in they're in the money business they're in the money business he's in the he's also business. an awful awful gambler by the way yeah he's terrible but but who's good you know but i think that there there's enough pushback there if somebody gets popped for covid you have a chance of maybe just getting the money back like you'll, yeah. you'll get it off the table i don't know for sure how they're going to handle that uh, but again, it's, it's a buyer beware that you, you have, have something set up. Your guy gets popped for COVID. Uh, right. Tough luck. You know? All right. Well, I, uh, appreciate you coming on here. I think, um, for the most part, you know, I think, I think you laid out some good stuff for people. And again, I, let's put a little disclaimer out there. If you're going to take any of these bets, it's, uh, um, swim at your own risk. We'll call it. Um, is there anything else that you want to say for the people out there before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, I, I think, number one, it, it's about a, an advantage play mindset. Start thinking about different angles. You're, you're not getting any picks from this that are going to do you any good or anything like that. But it's the way you think about gambling. So next time wrestling gets hung up, you're going to start thinking about those arbitrage opportunities of, you know, I get a, a line here and I know it's going to move. I know that Kyle Dake line is going to go down. So I know I can get Sadakov at a better price later. And if I really have conviction that those two guys, it's going to be one of those two. You can get them both plus a decent amount of money and, and just understand how do you think the line's going to move and, and what price are you getting? It's about the price you get paid out. It's not about picking the winner. You're going to pick the winners, but you have to be getting the right price on them in order to win over the long run. Anybody can win in a small window. This Olympic game is a very small window. An NFL season is a very small window. You need thousands and thousands of bets. And, you know, those professional sports bettors, some of the best action you take is the action you don't take. You know, if you don't see anything, you really like, I've got a handful of bets. I've got pretty strong conviction that it's either going to be Sadakov, Chimizo, or Dake at 74 kilograms. I love Mihal Lopez at, at 130 kilograms in Greco. I, I really like the number that I got on Gable Stevenson, and I'm waiting to get off of that. Uh, Agul has moved to 250 on DraftKings. Price shop. If, if you have DraftKings and you have uh, Barstool available, price shop. You you have those options available. So Agul went to 250. I need Petrushvili up to 200. If I get Petrushvili up to 200 and I got Agul at 250 and I got Gable at 300, do the math there. You can't lose. You break even 
with Petrushvili. You win a little bit of money with Aku. You win a decent amount with with Gable there. So there, there's ways to get off bets, and you, especially whenever there's several favorites in there, and you you can work them, and you have an understanding of the way the line's going to move. Think like an advantage gambler. Take advantage of the opportunities that are out there to read about it, to listen to it on podcasts, and that kind of stuff. And and come prepared for these opportunities that I'm I'm mad that I didn't I didn't get these lines at Barstool right when they dropped. If I would have, I would have had another 400 on Gable, and I definitely would have been getting off of that at, at some point, whether I would have been betting against them in the gold medal match or I would have bet uh, the other guys at, at some point. So uh, sometimes a small win is, is better than you get Gable to the finals. And he's taken on uh, Akul. And so you're winning a decent amount if Gable wins, but why not put a little bit on Akul and, and get your break even? I wonder how. Don't, that, allow, wonder don't how, allow yourself to lose. I wonder how that's going to work if if, uh, if they're going to update. I wonder if, the, if they're going to lock it. Well, it, it won't be the two win. It'll just be, it'll be like an MMA fight, you know? One and one. Do you uh, think it will? You think that they'll do that? I, I I feel pretty good that they will, especially and here's where UWW gotta give them the thumbs up on this one. Having the finals the day after. The final will be set. There will be a full full day for them to set them. Huh. For them to set the line. So I might just I, wait until that day and just do a just do a bunch. Th- there you go. You you, you could do it. The problem is way. I live in a state where we don't have them. So we have DraftKings, but they don't have the wrestling. It makes no sense. I can bet on yeah. other Olympic sports, but they didn't do wrestling in, in, in Iowa for DraftKings. And then we don't have Barstool Sportsbook. And William Hill, you suck. They haven't done this. And they, they're too big of a pansies. I took too much from them. No, I, well, don't, know, I, I don't know what happened. William Hill dropped wrestling, so I'm mad at you. But I will forgive you really fast. You are not alone in uh, the despise of William Hill, the gambling community as a whole, it's kind of got this reputation out there that they are quick to cut off action like anybody they believe. And their app sucked, by the way. They got a new app, but the old one sucked. When you hear anybody talking about advantage gambling, the casinos probably lose money by anybody they think is winning. They Mm -hmm. cut them off. And they probably lose money by cutting the wrong people off. You know, a person who who's on like a short win streak, they cut them off. Well, in the long term, they would have given all that money back and then some. So it's a it's a slimy business. It's weird. And I don't like it. Um, Unfortunately, I might end up being a part of it as far as my long term goals that once you're out of playing opportunities, you got to go to the dark side and uh, work join the evil empire. Maybe we'll start a, a stalemate sports book one day i'm just kidding that would never happen i don't know enough to do that but um i appreciate you coming on man um what's the twitter really quick uh for the people that want to follow you and, and hear your pet and hear your uh touting <laughs> I, I will not tell I, I will tell people whenever they're getting a bad line or whenever they're that which you you know i was hoping you were going to fire some at me that i could critique it but you're going to wait for the the head-to-head matchups, but I, I will fire some critique back on that. Well, you're not getting a good price here. You you missed that line. You, you just got to wait. And the thing that sucks with wrestling is you got to wait four years for the Olympics. But hopefully 
books will get some action on the Olympics. If they end up doing okay, then maybe they'll have worlds and they'll have other events, NCAAs, and that'll become more commonplace. But, um, uh, I'll critique that. Well, critique on prices. I won't critique on picks because everybody in the wrestling community has a good knowledge and they have an idea of who's got a chance to win. You just have to line the price up with your mm-hmm. conviction with that. So it's Socko B-U-W, S-O-C-K-O-B-U-W. And uh, that's Bloomsburg Universe Wrestling. All right. Nickname Socko. So I love it. It's stuck. We'll go on a trip together in Vegas. That'd be good content. Go out there and gamble a little bit. Hey, uh, I'm out there monthly. Uh, I I do a I've never been a road trip from uh, middle of May to middle of July. I did a road trip. I did one over the winter, November to January. So I'm out there quite a bit, and uh, I've got some decent comps and and hookups. All right, I love it, um, guys. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Also, Stanley Street League August 13th. Buy the tickets in the link down below. If you want to watch it from home, just be a Patreon member. It's $3.99. Maybe when you win some money from the Olympics, you can parlay that into Stalemate Street League, um, which we're not, we can't, obviously no one's laying lines for what we're doing, but uh, if you go to um, Fantasy Fight League, you can go and make a little fantasy team and you can win some money there. So go check that out. Um, I appreciate you guys for watching and hit subscribe, thumbs up, comment, all that. Uh, See you guys soon. Thanks.